0: Grace, peace, and mercy be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ on this Palm Sunday. Amen. It's Palm Sunday, so repeat after me. Jesus Christ is the most important person in my life. Good. We'll come back to that. But first, I feel like I need to say something about something that's on the hearts and minds of a couple of you in regards to H.R. 5, the Equality Act that's before the Senate right now. For those of you who may not know what this is, it's an act that changes the language used in the Civil Rights Act of 1964. It changes gender language and offers protection against discrimination to a broader spectrum of people for employment housing, public accommodations, and programs which receive federal assistance. Now, some Christians have already begun voicing their disfavor of this act on the basis that its understanding of gender is at odds with the biblical understanding of man and woman. Now, I have read responses from some of the clergy and the laity in our synod, and from what they say, one might come away thinking this act will dismantle Western civilization if it becomes law. Now, I'm aware some pastors and some churches are all fired up about H.R. 5, and perhaps you might expect me or this church to do the same. But look, guys, you know me. I don't jump to reactions. I'm taking time to read this and consult my colleagues over this. I'm hesitant to believe that churches are going to be penalized and civilization is going to collapse because of an act of Congress, but I could be wrong. Western civilization, Eastern civilization, since the fall of creation, everything has been in an unstoppable decline. That's why we need Jesus. That's why Jesus is the most important person in my life and yours, as you have already said. So you can read my thoughts about the Equality Act and the end of the world as we know it in next month's newsletter article, If We Live That Long. In the meantime, let's get back to Palm Sunday. James Bonham was a young lawyer from South Carolina. He had only been in Texas for three months when he volunteered to fight at the Alamo. On February 23, 1836, as General Santa Anna and his 2,000 Mexican army troops gathered, the 182 men of the Alamo prepared for their attack. Just then, James Bonham broke through enemy lines and rode his horse to find help in nearby Goliad, Texas. Well nobody in that town was willing to fight. Next Bonham rode to Victoria, Texas. No one there was willing to fight either. Without anything left to do, what did he do? He rode back into the Alamo, back to the fight, back to the battle, knowing he would certainly die. And he did. He was twenty nine years old. Today we walk to Bethpage, Beth Phage, as it might be pronounced in the Greek, but in English we say Beth Page, a village on the Mount of Olives. At Bethpage, Jesus rides into Jerusalem, back to the fight, back to the battle. Most certain He would die. When He entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken up, asking, who is this man? That's the question for Palm Sunday. That's the question for the ages. Who is Jesus? When people get this right, they get everything right. When people get it wrong, they get everything else wrong. Who is Jesus? Well, Some say He's a therapist. He helps us cope with life's problems, tells us how valuable we are and encourages us not to be so hard on ourselves. Some say Jesus is a coffee lover. He drinks fair trade coffee at Starbucks loves spiritual conversations, and goes to indie film festivals. Some say Jesus is a coach. He helps Christian athletes run faster and jump higher than non-Christian athletes. Some say Jesus is a hippie. He says, give peace a chance, imagine a world without religion, and remember, all you need is love. Some say Jesus is a spiritual guru. Get out in nature and find the God within you. Some say Jesus is a revolutionary. He teaches us to rebel against the status quo. Some say Jesus is a good example. He shows us how to change the planet and be nice to people. Because after all, what would he do? Then there is the plastic Jesus. You ever seen that old film Cool Hand Luke with Paul Newman? Yeah, he sings a, a song in there called The Plastic Jesus. It goes something like, I don't remember the tune, but, well, I don't care if it rains or freezes long as I have my plastic Jesus. A plastic Jesus believer sees the Savior as a kind of good luck charm, a rabbit's foot or four-leaf clover, something they turn to when they need good luck or a favor. All people, however, need the real Jesus. Matthew gets it right when he writes about him. Matthew shows us Jesus is our humble king who came to serve. Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village in front of you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me, and if anyone says anything to you, you say, well, the Lord needs them. Jesus here employs the law of loyal levy. The law of loyal levy gave a king authority to get anything from anyone at any time. Probably terribly abused by earthly kings in all the years, but Jesus said told told his disciples to say, the Lord needs them. So Jesus is a king, the king. But what kind of king and of what? Behold, your king comes to you, humble and riding on a donkey. Compare this with the verse Matthew is quoting. Behold, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, humble and riding on a donkey. Zechariah 9 verse 9. It's it's, uh, surprising that Matthew omits the part from Zechariah that goes, righteous and having salvation. Both words appear frequently in the Gospel, 17 and 15 times, respectively, but by leaving them out, Matthew is emphasizing Christ's attribute of humility. In Matthew 11 verse 29, Jesus makes this clear when he says, "I am humble and lowly in heart." The donkey, future or uh, uh, further, highlights Christ's humility. You know, by not riding in on a horse, you know, Jesus announces that he doesn't come to bark out orders like a military commander on an impressive white horse adorned with, you know, all kinds of military horse gear. (laughs) Jesus doesn't come to dominate and intimidate, but to love, forgive, and shed tears. Jesus doesn't come to marshal an army, but to stretch out his hands upon the cross for us and for our salvation. Though rich, this king became poor so that his poverty might make us rich beyond our wildest imagination. A king like this, well, it's worth shouting about, isn't it? Jesus is a king, all right, but Jesus is a humble king Jesus uses his authority to serve. Who? You and me. He says in Matthew 20, 28, the Son of Man came not to to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. Back to the fight, back to the battle, most certain he would die. And why would he do that? To give his life as a ransom for many. Now, a ransom, you know, we're used to that that word as kind of a, uh, a payment for someone who's been kidnapped, right? But in the biblical sense, a ransom is a sum of money paid to release prisoner. And in this case, for us, prisoners to anxiety, emptiness, fear, and selfishness, prisoners like us. Martin Luther says, Jesus ransomed us, not with gold or silver, but with His holy, precious blood and His innocent suffering and death. Prisoners to sin, we've been ransomed and redeemed, brought back by the blood. So Jesus is our humble King who serves. Jesus is also our mighty warrior who fights. The crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna means save us now, God. God save us. You couple that with the palm branches, an ancient sign of victory, and Jesus is what? What? He is a mighty warrior. True, Jesus is a humble king who serves, but Jesus is also a mighty warrior who fights for us and for our salvation. Jesus fights sin and Satan, demons and death. And he wins on the third day with his resurrection. Jesus is a radical prophet who shakes the city. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken up, Matthew says. Prophets do that, you know. They shake things up. Some get killed for it. Others do weird things. Isaiah walked around naked for three years. Isaiah 20, verse 3. Jeremiah buried his underwear, his loincloth. Did he wear Hanes or Fruit of the Loom? I don't know. Hosea married a prostitute named Gomer, and not Gomer Pyle, I assure you, and not Goober either, Gomer, the prostitute. Prophets do strange things when the Lord uses them to shake things up, to shake up the city, to shake up the world. And Jesus, what did Jesus do to shake things up? Jesus allowed people to spit on him, beat him. Impale him with a spear and nail him to a crucifix. Describing his death, Matthew in uh, 20, uh, ver, uh, chapter 27, verse 51 says, The earth shook and the rocks split. Now, he wasn't just saying this, you know, figuratively. That happened. But there would be more Shaking. Describing Easter, Matthew 28, verse 2 says, And behold, there was a great earthquake. The crucified one is not dead. He is risen. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, because Easter is not till next Sunday. That shakes up everything, though. The resurrection means Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus is our radical prophet who shakes the world. Let's go back to that donkey. The donkey woke up on the morning after Palm Sunday, his mind still savoring the glow of the most exciting day of his life. He found some people who had been there. He went back to the city, and he expected them to throw their garments down at his, at his, at his legs again, but people just looked at him and walked away. The donkey thinks, I'll go to the marketplace Maybe the people there will remember me from yesterday. But nobody paid any attention. Nobody threw their palm branches in front of poor little donkey. Hurt and deeply broken, he makes his way back home to the village of Bethpage and laments to his parents. Foolish donkey, the father says, don't you get it? You are nothing without Jesus. Our heavenly Father says to us, don't you get it? You're nothing without my son, Jesus, sent to you from me. And we're not talking about the Jesus the therapist either or Jesus the coach, not talking about the plastic Jesus. We're talking about the real Jesus, our humble king who serves, our mighty warrior who fights for us. And our radical prophet who shakes the world. Who is Jesus? Well, repeat after me Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to me, the most important person in my life. Amen.